magic as they learned it through this um, through the King Solomon lineage is is that magic is transformation and that anytime we are we are transforming something we are making magic and it's maybe not going to come with fairy dust but but the fairy dust is just the representation of it that what changes is the important thing Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Dream Collective. I am so excited to share this episode with you because I have Erin Anderson Kipp on, and she is a healer and a light worker who studies in the Hermetic lineage of King Solomon. From sacred geometry to astral travel, she uses the wisdom, tools, and teachings of this 4,000 year old lineage to empower her clients to greater awareness and understanding of themselves and their purpose. She's also a licensed sound therapist, a spring forest Qigong group practice leader, a Reiki practitioner, a meditation facilitator, and a clairvoyant reader. She offers in-person classes and sessions in the Minneapolis St. Paul metro area, as well as remotely for clients around the world. A proud big city girl for the last 25 years, Erin recently started living the suburban dream with her husband and two boys in Woodbury, Minnesota. The transition is going surprisingly well, considering she no longer has access to her favorite cold brew coffee on a regular basis. It's a tragedy. <laughs> Had to oh, be no. mentioned. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Welcome. Welcome, Erin. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, Holly. It's so wonderful to be here. I'm, I'm just excited to be able to have this conversation with you and to um, just to hear about how everything is going out in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Aaron and I first met because we are both contributors to this online portal called Science and Magic. And if you're listening to the previous episode of this podcast, um, to my guest, Amanda Levesque, she's actually the creator and founder of that portal. And so she kind of connected Aaron and I, and, um, Aaron has the most magical contributions to that portal. And so I've been blessed to learn from her and, experience some of the rituals that she shared into that portal. And I have been honestly dying to ask you so many questions <laughs> since then. <laughs> yeah. So, so first off, like, okay, for those who don't know, and I don't know either, but what does hermetic mean? So hermetic, this is, this is the part of this lineage that comes that's actually even older than these, this 4,000 year old lineage, the hermetic wisdom that this that this tradition kind of draws on goes back about 8,000 years to Hermes Trismegistus, who is a both a kind of mythological and also a historical um, figure who trying to think of a way to kind of sum this up without, without getting like too into the weeds. But if you've ever heard the, um, the idea or the principle of as above so below that's kind of the that's the like base the very basic and most foundational um hermetic wisdom that i could share with you it's like everything that we are experiencing in this human form it has an analog and is represented out in the universe and everything that we are like our thoughts have um have ripples out into the universe. And, and if we're studying the universe, 
we're also studying ourselves. And so it's a, it's a reminder that everything is connected and that the, the microcosm is a reflection of the macrocosm and vice versa. So that's, that's where that comes from. Um, and, and so that is the, that's kind of the core of these, of these teachings of the lineage of King Solomon. And then uh, more, more recently, thousands of years more recently, um, the, the biblical King Solomon comes into the picture um, and starts to kind of build on these, on these principles. And, um, and Solomon is, is not only a, a king and a leader, but also a healer. And his, like kind of the, the project of his, his life, like his life's work was about bringing healers from all over the world together because he saw an opportunity to, to find, um, it's like if, if there was the, the equivalent of evidence-based medicine at the, at the time, like he wanted to test a lot of different kinds of healings and see which were the ones that regardless of um, geography of culture of you know any kind of history of these lineages what are the ones that really emerged as the the most effective for the greatest number of people so he was doing all kinds of experiments um, and as as I've learned it this project kind of went on for about 30 30 years or so so all he brought all these people together and the the healings and the the teachings and the principles that came out of this time of um, collaboration, these are the healings that are still offered today. And so this is both um, it's both an oral tradition from eight thousand years ago, and then it's a it's a written tradition that has been passed down um, from lineage holder to lineage holder for the last like four thousand years. So it's um, there's a lot. It's very rich, um, and it includes um, it includes different kinds of shamanism from different different places around the world, including Celtic shamanism, which is um, which is what I practice. So it's different flavors of similar ideas, um, and there's an aspect of. Um, um, astrology as part of it that isn't something that it, it's like you can specialize in different areas and astrology isn't one of my specialties um, but there are people who who really focus on that and channeling and mediumship and um and activation of dna and there's a galactic component it really i mean it it encompasses so much and um, so that's a very long answer to your your more specific question about hermetic wisdom, but yeah, there's a there's a lot to a lot to mention there. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. It sounds like it's like a smorgasbord. Yeah, <laughs> almost in a way. It is. <laughs> it is, and sometimes it can be overwhelming um, to think about all the possibilities. But I also know that since I since I discovered this lineage about five years ago um i just know that i'll never run out of things to study to practice and i think as with any any spiritual practice or really any kind of um pursuit that's that's worth one's time and worth one's passion you can take the the simplest concept and you can keep kind of peeling away your own layers of resistance and get deeper and deeper and deeper with it. So it isn't, 
I mean, I think even if, even if there weren't this breadth of um, study, the, the, the teachings are so essential to who we are as human beings and as, as spirits that, um, that there, would, uh, there would just be no way of exhausting the, the wisdom that comes from it. Wow. That's so fascinating. And Mm -hmm. so you had mentioned that you kind of specialize in Celtic shamanism. Mm -hmm. So that kind of falls under this lineage as well. Yes. Yes, it does. And I will say that, um, this, this lineage is, is really for, there are certain classes and, um, courses that just any, the general public could take. And then there are some that are sort of behind, they're kind of locked behind different levels of initiation. And so I have, I have a, an initiation as a Celtic shaman, and I'm just at the very, very beginning. So there are, there are classes and it's, um, there are some Wicca classes that are kind of behind that. So because I am initiated, I can take these classes, but, but I, I say that because I can't speak with a lot of experience as, um, as a Celtic shaman, which is why I prefer to say that I'm, um, initiated in the like Celtic shaman tradition. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm cleared for takeoff to continue <laughs> my, <laughs> continue my journey on that path. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Okay. So what, brought you to that lineage? Like how did you mm-hmm. come across that path? Because I have never heard of it before. Yeah. And I'm definitely not saying like, I know everything and I've heard all of the past, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know when you, when I first met you and I heard that, like, there was like this ring of like, okay, I need to learn more. Yeah. So like what, what brought you to it? Well, exactly. As you say, I heard about this and I was like, I'm sorry, what this is what? And, um, <laughs> there was just, I think, I think the, I think the word lineage has an energy to it that is very, has a lot of gravitas and speaks to, speaks to the depth of, um, what's possible, but also certainly, um, brings in this idea that, that there's something that goes, that reaches back through time that connects us to, ancestors, both physical, um, blood ancestors and spiritual ancestors, um, and to, to parts of ourselves that, that we might not otherwise come, come into contact with. So that was, that was part of it. Um, the first, my, my very first, um, exposure to this lineage was through, a specific class, which I, which I now teach, which is very exciting for me. It's called the seven ancient mystery schools. And I met the person who was teaching this class because she and I were both part of this, um, speaker series at a holistic healing, um, center. And I was speaking at the time about how to use, um, psychic meditation to learn how to play, uh, play differently and to play more in, in our lives. And, um, so I was presenting the day after this, this woman was presenting on the seven ancient mystery schools. And I just, I had, 
I had something else planned for that day and I cleared my schedule because I just thought I have to, I have to know what that means. Like every single one of those words, you know, ancient (laughs) mystery schools, like, of course I want to, I want to be there. And, um, and that particular presentation in that, that class is all about the, the broader mystery school traditions. So kind of getting to the, the different traditions that King Solomon brought together from around the world each um, each of these schools holds a different vibration that's essential to our uh, progression as humans on this planet. And these there are um, they're called key holders or lineage holders in each of these traditions that have very specific kind of jobs to make sure that we are um, that we're continuing to evolve and, on a spiritual level as human beings. And, um, and these different groups have been, have been working for thousands of years to kind of keep, keep the balance on the planet. And, and I, loved, I loved that idea. Um, it felt right. It felt true. It felt like something that I have always known, but, but never had validated. Um, and and in that class, we also learned some, we learned a ritual for each one of those traditions that helps to kind of feed into those energies. Um, and, and so that, that was my initial contact with the lineage. And then I immediately um, decided that I wanted to you know, continue to learn more. And the first step for me was to do what's called a DNA activation. And and that was something that this woman spoke about during this class that in order to start to work with some of these energies in a deeper way, there are things that we can do to kind of prepare our energy, just to be more open to the light, to be more open to spirit guides. Um, And so I, I received that activation and and that's something I also have the, the honor and the privilege of being able to do for others now. But I just, it was it just one foot in front of the other every single time that I, um, that I received a healing or that I took a class, I felt like I was, like I was getting access to a, either a part of myself or a part of the, the universe. And, um, and I think that comes back to this idea that we, as we learn more about ourselves, we're learning more about the universe and, and vice versa. And just reconnecting, reconnecting with myself, with my spirit, uh, with my divinity. And there's so much has changed for me since that time. And I had already been on a pretty, I would say a pretty aggressive, um, self-imposed schedule of personal development that came out of um, a really, really dark time in my life. Um, and so I was, I was ready for that. And as soon as I started kind of following in this um, tradition, that's when things really started to, to change for me. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. And so you, before you started that, you had access to like your clairvoyant yes. gifts already? And then yes. just kind of open things up more. Right. So um, probably five years before, before having that, that fateful day where I, where I met this woman, <laughs> um, I went through a divorce. I started going through a divorce. Um, I 
found myself in the in a place where I was very feeling very low, very depressed, very anxious, very disconnected from from anything that resembled like self-esteem or self-worth or being able to trust myself. I just, I couldn't find my way to do that. I had uh, been in a relationship that, that involved a lot of um, gaslighting and just felt like I had been kind of um, like worn away to a little nub of, of myself. And, and I tried um, more traditional like talk therapy and I got you know, I've, I've gotten something out of every single thing that I've done. It's all been part of this puzzle, but, but while I was kind of looking to other people to help guide me, I also thought, you know, it would be really wonderful if I could have direct access to my own wisdom rather than just trying to get um, ideas from other people, no matter how well-intentioned or how well you know, educated and trained they are. And, and I thought back to um, dreams that I had had, especially when I was in, in this relationship that had kind of given me some hints about what was really going on in the relationship um, and, and ideas for how I might have um, gotten myself out of that situation sooner, but I didn't pay attention to them. And looking back, I saw sort of how really how direct they were and how clear and um, and how everything was always in my interest and really aligned with what was best for me. And I thought it would really be nice if I could have that same kind of access to my um, like a higher wisdom or a deeper wisdom when my eyes are open. Um, and so... I thought about what, what that might look like. Like, let's just say that I could do that. Let's say that I could bring these very vivid and very, um, very clear ideas into my waking life. What would that look like? And I had received tarot readings and psychic readings before. And I thought that's, I think that's what that would look like. Like if I could access that same kind of information, I probably would be doing what these people are doing. And so I just started looking, um, researching like how, um, how I might be able to build that skill. I didn't know if I could do it myself. I didn't know if that was something that only certain people had access to. And the rest of us were just like, well, we have to just go through these people. And I found a, um, a school of clairvoyance uh, in Chicago called Envision. And they, they're still around, their, their format for their training is a little bit different now from what it was, but um, I, I wound up doing um, two, about two and a half years of pretty intensive study with this, with this place in Chicago and all of the training was online and we learned, we learned how to read energy. Um, and, and so when I, when I talk about like reading auras or I talk about clairvoyance, um, I'm really talking about being able to read and understand, interpret, and even direct energy. So being able to perceive that, being able to understand what it means for me, or if I'm giving someone a reading, helping them to figure out what it might mean for them just by giving them the, the information and, um, and kind of reflecting back to them, like, here's what's going on for you right now. So it's, it's, not, a, it's not fortune telling, it isn't anything about the future, although the information can be used to help one make decisions, but it's sort of like, 
you know, what is, what's the state of the state with your energy right now? What is true for you? What are some of the things that you might think are true, but those are stories that someone else has told you that aren't true for you. It might be true for that person. Um, so it was, I, I, the way I think of it is that my, my dreams, um, kind of, as I reflected on them, I realized like, that's what helped me. That's, that was my wake up call really <laughs> for, um, for deciding that it was time to take charge of my own energy. Um, and a big part of the training for learning how to read energy was making sure that I was as clear as possible. So there's a lot of energetic hygiene that went along with being able to read my own energy and read energy of other people. So a lot of meditation, a lot of using certain kinds of meditative techniques to make sure that what I'm seeing is really, you know, if I'm reading someone else's energy, it's really about them. And it's not me kind of my energy getting, getting in there and uh, muddying the waters. So it's, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work, um, and a lot of practice. And, um, by the, you know, by the time I felt like I was ready to start, um, start doing that for others who weren't just, you know, my, my classmates, it really felt like it was that this was something that I could do that would let let someone else know, Hey, this is possible. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not the one who holds the key, but I'm going to, I'm going to share with you what I see so that you can do something about it. So these are always, a reading is always meant to empower someone else to give, to give more options, to expand the options rather than to take options, um, off the table. But that was, so I, yeah, it was my, it was my dreams that showed me that I had more information available to me that I, than I realized. And it was learning how to work with that, that helped me kind of bridge, um, kind of bring that information into my waking life where I can, where I can act on it and where I can plug it into some intentional, um, decisions and actions. So Wow. Okay. There's a lot there. (laughs) I love that. So one thing that really stood out that just really resonates with me and how I really like approaching this work is around empowering other people. You know, like you say, it's not about fortune telling or telling the future, but it's really about giving people the tools now to support them in their life now and moving forward. So Mm -hmm. I really, I really honor that and love that that is a deep part of your approach. And I'm curious to know, like what your thoughts are on this whole topic of, you know, clairvoyance and Mm -hmm. that direct ability to receive those messages for oneself. Because Mm -hmm. I know for me growing up, I never, I always called myself a muggle. Like it really (laughs) wasn't until I discovered my dream Oracle gifts that I was like, okay, no, like there's, there's something more here within me Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I can now learn to tap into and share with others. Mm -hmm. And I personally still feel like there's more for me to uncover within myself. Sure. But before I discovered this, I too, like you said, you know, I've been to the tarot readers, I've been to the clairvoyance and that's what it should look like. And because it never looked like that for me, I assumed Mm -hmm. that I didn't have these 
quote unquote gifts, Yeah, you know, and I always believed that we all have our own unique mm-hmm. gifts and yet still I would kind of define them as these specific sort of experiences mm-hmm. that I, I would witness other people having or describing to me that weren't mine. And right. so just curious to know, like what your thoughts are on other people being able to access their, their clairvoyant gifts or spiritual gifts in general, when they feel like a muggle. Yes. (laughs) Well, I very much relate to, to that idea of, of feeling, um, feeling like that's something that's reserved for an elite few. And, and now, now my, I feel very strongly, or I kind of know in my heart that this is, this is a birthright of all human beings. There's so much more to us than what is like packed into the density and the materia of our, like of our human form. And part of that, um, part of that is in our aura. It's like, that's the stuff that couldn't fit in, in the body, but it's still, it's still there. And then, and then it goes out even further and further and further. There's really nothing that we are not connected to again, like as above, so below there's, if we we're really only um, limited by what we agree to be limited by, I think. And, um, and those, so those contracts or those agreements, whether they're made with, with a church or with a school or with in a family group or a community, it's like, we, we make these, these unspoken agreements, like I only have access to so much until it is given to me. And so there's, as a, as a self-described kind of good girl, that's not something I would have done. I wouldn't have said like, well, I'm going to take charge of this until I was pushed to the point where I felt like I had no other options. It's like the only way to go was in at that point. Cause everything that I had tried outside of me had let me down quite spectacularly. And so I was just like, well, I guess there's only one other place to, to look for some of this stuff. (laughs) So I, you know, there, I think it had to happen that way for me, but there are people who I think are quite fortunate to have to come into this world without some of those, um, limitations imposed on them, or they have experiences in their lives, often quite traumatic but sometimes quite like blissful where they're um, where it's like, you feel blessed in a moment. I never had anything like that. I didn't have something really so traumatic that I had like the lightning strike of feeling like now, like I, I can walk out in the world and everything is magical. I really, I had to ask for it. And I think again, for me, that was the magic of a lot of that is, is the leap of faith that I took in, in asking like, this is something that I want. How do I find it? Um, but as I was saying, we are, we are all, um, we all have these gifts and it really is just a matter of how much permission we give ourselves to use them. And then we, you know, there are, there are so many ways of, um, of entering into that process. I chose clairvoyance because I had been given like a like teaser through my dreams of what it looked like. And, and because I had very vivid, vivid dreams since I was a child, as many of us do, 
um, but but that information had always come to me in a in a visual way, and so that was how I thought um, I wanted to. You know, that was like the clearest idea of how I thought it might come through. But but as we know, there's there's clairsentience, there's clairaudience. Some people hear energy, some people feel energy, um, and and those are we all can do all of that stuff. But it's like my. Uh, my clairsentience is nowhere near the level that that I can achieve with my clairvoyance because I haven't I haven't focused on it I haven't practiced it I haven't um, I haven't done as much with it but so I I can sometimes feel envious of people who can feel the energy in that way and I'm like well that's all right like I you know that's still out there that's something that I can really put some passion behind if I want to build that skill but no I think that. Um, it would have been a, a major design flaw for any of us to have been <laughs> kind of thrust into this world without the gifts that um, that we all have as as spirits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. With you know, we're limited by what we perceive our limitations to be. Mm-hmm. And so, backing up a little bit for those who don't know. And like, I, maybe I don't even know either because I don't feel I experience clairvoyance. What Mm -hmm. exactly is clairvoyance? Mm -hmm. Well, very literally the word, um, it's a French word and it means clear seeing. And um, for the, from a more like functional standpoint, what it has meant for me is that when I, when I close my eyes and this is my process, because it's what I, how I learned to do this. But when I close my eyes and I, um, I'm in meditation and I have the intention of reading, reading someone's energy, reading my own energy, reading the energy of, of an idea or a question that I have. I, I have to just be very, very still, very quiet. And then I start to see color um, that carries a lot of information. Uh, I've done readings with people where all I do is look at the color and I can um, I can share enough information that gives them an idea of, of what their challenges are, where they're, where they're growing and changing and how they might uh, be able to, to move forward in whatever challenge they're dealing with. But also I, um, will see symbols and, and pictures sort of like flipping through a photo album or sometimes, um, more like looking at a painting or, um, or even like seeing something just play out as though it were in front of me. Um, but I'm, yeah, so it ends, it ends up being like color, symbol, picture. And then sometimes words are a part of it. Like if they, if the word pops up as like, as though it's printed in front of me, um, or sometimes there's just a knowing, like I'll, I'll, I was doing a reading the other day, um, and, I didn't, and the word um, grace came came forward, and it wasn't. I didn't see it in um, like text form. It was just kind of there, so it was still reading the energy, but that wasn't so much visual. But that's those those three um, those three are the the primary ways that I that I see that energy: color, symbol, picture, and then there's usually a pretty rich story that can get told with those elements and um and sometimes these are 
sometimes it's something that's very familiar to someone. They'll say, oh, you know, I, I know where that is, or I know exactly what that's about. Very often it's, it's, um, it feels kind of metaphorical or allegorical or, um, like a scene from a movie, but there's, but the, the sentiment or the message that's conveyed is just being told in a, um, in a visual way. So it's, there's a lot of, there's also a lot of storytelling that's involved. Like I might see all that stuff, but how am I going to then communicate what I'm seeing in a way that feels like it's connecting with that, with that person. So there's also an aspect of making sure that I I'm conveying the information in a in an appropriate way, in a sensitive way, um, and just trusting that what uh, that what comes forward is what that person is going to need, even if it doesn't click for them in that moment. Um, what it's about. I always have people either take notes or we record a reading um, because so much gets lost um, just listening. Um, and I, you know, and, and then recording is great because person can listen with their full attention rather than trying to take notes. Certain things will jump out right away. And then others kind of are more in the background. It's like the, um, like the headlines come forward and then it's like, you got to maybe go back and listen for, for the details of the story a little bit later on. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm listening to that and it sounds almost like dreamlike, like how I experience my dreams. Okay. It's kind yeah. of like those, you know, feeling the energy, the, the symbols that mm -hmm. are, are popping up and through the dream world, it's like, I read not the literal what's happening mm -hmm. on the surface level things. It's like, what, what's the energy of it carrying below it. And that was a really great definition. And now I'm starting to question myself if I have clairvoyance, because okay. when I go into meditation, I will usually have a question mm -hmm. or if I have a question, that's not every time I go into meditation, but sometimes I'll take yeah. a question into meditation. And sometimes I have experienced visions, mm -hmm. um, words, or this like total download. Oh yeah. Or it just like it's downloaded into me and I just like know the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. So now my next question is, mm -hmm. and I know maybe this isn't something that you do, but would you have any advice on little exercises, like a simple little exercise that, you know, if anyone is listening right now and they're like, Hmm, I think maybe mm -hmm. I have some clairvoyant skills. Um, what kind yeah. of exercise would you suggest for someone to kind of tune in and tap into that? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of wonderful exercises, and one of the one of the things that I do through the um, the King Solomon lineage trainings is something called intuition, like spiritual intuition development. So there are there are exercises that you can do to um, to work with the you know the ability to see clearly, to hear clearly, and when I say clearly, I mean kind of beyond the physical sense. So clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, feel energy hear energy, even taste and smell energy. Um, and, and all of it, um, all of it really involves meditation because you need to be still enough in your own, in your own body and in your own mind to get there. And that's no small task for, for <laughs> this modern world that we live in that inundates us with so much information. Um, but one, let's see, 
One of my favorite exercises is um, having someone close their eyes and imagine um, a, a lemon. When I, when I do this as an exercise, it, like, I, I really like draw it out so that it, so that it becomes very experiential, but, um, but you could do this for yourself and just kind of slow this down, but cutting into a lemon and, um, and, you know, feeling the, uh, like the citrus, the skin of the citrus and the like spray that comes out when you, when you slice into it. So that's amping up the, um, the clear sentience, like you're feeling that energy and then you can smell the lemon and see if you can really get the sense of like, can you, can you trick your brain into thinking that it's right, right there? Um, and then the, the last the last part is to have someone like bite into the lemon and see if you don't, you know, if your body doesn't kind of, you know, tense up a little bit as though you're really biting into that. And, and you see like none of that, that was not a physical experience you had. That was a, a psychic experience to the extent that um, it was pure energy that you were working with, but you still had some of the same physical responses that you would if you were actually doing that. Um, and so that's a really fun one to do, but you can, you can practice, um, closing your eyes and seeing like, can you see the color that, you know, looking at something and closing your eyes and still seeing that color and really experiencing it. See if you can take it a couple of levels deeper, like, can you smell that color? Like starting to mix and match the, um, I forget the name for synesthesia, I think is when you yeah, like kind of yeah. mix, uh, mix your senses. And so just little, yeah, super quick, super simple, um, fun exercises that are also, they're great for doing those with kids. Kids are so good at that. Um, one of the things I love about working clairvoyantly and working with energy is that it requires us to um, use our imagination and, and it can seem frivolous or it can seem like, um, like a game and and I want it to, for people I want, because, um, I mentioned talking about play earlier, it's something that we, we feel like if it's too much fun, maybe it isn't really, um, all that worthwhile if we've, if we're very serious about trying to like reach a goal, but the more light it can be, the more that we're, um, that we're, that we're accessing our imagination, actually, the more, the more real that it feels. And I always tell people, if you can't, um, if I, like, if I'm doing one of these classes where I'm helping people train these skills, um, okay, maybe you can't see this. Can you pretend that you can see it? Or what would it look like if you could see that mountain? And it's like, you put one level of, um, kind of separation and suddenly people are like, oh, well, if I'm pretending that I can see the mountain, then I can see it. Um, that, and I, and I totally get that because that was something for a long time as I was learning how to work with clairvoyance that I thought, well, I think I'm seeing this, but am I really, cause it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to, I thought it would be like, my eyes are open and I'm staring at the thing right in front of me. And there are, there can be moments where it feels that immediate and that present, but then sometimes it's it's a little blurry or it's more of a sketch than it is a complete painting. And um, I think learning to not dismiss some of the, um, the insights that we can 
get um, or learning not to dismiss our intuition is goes a long way to to helping us connect with those gifts and pretend for a day or just try for a day never um like saying no to what you what you feel just like for a day be be the most intuitive person that has ever walked the earth and and see see what happens oh wow <laughs> that's <laughs> i think that's really helpful um and i think that there's probably a lot of people who are going to listen to this and think to themselves hey I like a light bulb is going off because I've ha I'm having light bulbs going off for myself and <laughs> you've just made something that feels so, um, like what's the word just like, not, it's like so magical mm -hmm. be so attainable, mm -hmm. you know? And like, we mm -hmm. all have that, like you were saying, you know, kids, yep they are so good at this stuff and the imagination. And, and as kids, we, we have such wild and crazy imaginations and yes. that gets removed from us as right. we grow up. And I love the approach of play in yes. this and like going back to that imaginal realm that we all have. And right. yeah, because, you know, any time, I shouldn't say any time, but many times in the past when I have talked to clairvoyance or talked about it with friends, it always feels so like, well, you would just know, you would just know that you're clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. You would just know that you have these experiences. And I think as children, we often do have them and mm -hmm. then they get dismissed away. And then we just think that we're muggles for the rest of our life. Right. Right. You know? And, um, so I really love how you shared, you shared so many tips on just kind of slowing that moment down mm -hmm. and really like when you were talking about the lemon, my, my, I started <laughs> to get like that pucker power, yep. <laughs> like my jaw started hurting <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's yeah. amazing the power of the mind and what we can actually tune into if we pay attention and if we slow down. Yeah. Well, and, and because, because you use the word muggles, I'll, I'll kind of stay with that theme and just say that you know, having been someone who from a very early age has loved like fantasy and has loved science fiction. Um, you know, my favorite stories paint magic in with such um like in such, you know, rich colors that I thought, yes, the same, same thing as what you're saying. I think that if I, if I had any of these gifts, I would have known because the, the people in these stories always know that they're, you know, they are the one or they're, you know, they've known, mm -hmm. they've known all their lives that they were different. And, um, and I never really had that sense. I just kind of wished that, 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 that could be me. And it was just watching, um, uh, a couple of the Harry Potter movies the other day with my stepson and it, and he's just learning these stories for the first time and I and I realized as I'm watching watching these movies and as I read the books as well you know there's it's so clear in in the film when someone waves their wand you you know you see that trail of stardust you see the um, you see Tinkerbell sprinkling the stuff and it's always, it's so obvious. And so I thought that magic was that obvious out in, in real life. And, um, 
and I and I recently thought, well, of course it's obvious in you know Hollywood or whatever. They they have to make it so that other people can see it. So they have to they have to do their work of showing like here's how we're representing magic, so that the viewer knows something is happening. But in in our day to day life, what I what I realize is that the way that we know something is happening is that our life is changing. Like <laughs> things are getting better, or things, or maybe things are getting worse for a while because we're working through a lot of stuff and the definition of magic as I learned it through this um, through the King Solomon lineage is is that magic is transformation and that anytime we are we are transforming something we are making magic and it's maybe not going to come with fairy dust but but the fairy dust is just the representation of it that what changes is the important thing and we um, so I kind of had to coach myself out of like needing the the visual trappings of what that looked like okay I would rather have the results than the fairy dust even though that would be really cool too but hmm. um, <laughs> so so I think it um, I've also learned a lot about what what I really want out of doing this work what it, what does healing look like for me, what's the important thing in the end? It's not going to be the fireworks. It's going to be, you know, the the lasting changes. It's going to be the the progress that I make in my relationships and and with myself. And so I think that that reframing of what magic is, um, again, part of my process, but but really helped me um, become, I think, a more empowered. Um, practitioner of magic because that is something that I, I think of myself as one of the um, one of the initiations that I have is it's called ritual master of ceremonial magic and that's a really hefty it's a really hefty title <laughs> um, but it's but it comes out of daily like about an hour every day of doing rituals and prayer and meditation and so it's not like it's not sexy um, I will say that <laughs> I will say that much, but the, but what I get out of it is that sense of connection that I, that I was looking for. And that even I felt like was missing after I learned how to connect with my clairvoyance, there was still something where I felt like it was a little bit intellectual, a little bit theoretical, a little bit like, okay, I can read this energy, but so what? And that's actually, as I started working with clients, um, that was a question I got a lot from the people I was working with. And they said, wow, that's amazing. That's all of that feels so, um, so right on, but what do I do with that? And I was like, yeah, what do you do with it? And I, and so for me in my own, um, in my own practice and for, um, and to better serve the people I'm, I'm working with, I had to get, I had to put something like underneath that. And that for me, that foundation has been um, the lineage of, of King Solomon teachings, these ancient teachings that, that help us understand that as we, as we get closer to ourselves, we get closer to God, really. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Honestly, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> but it's only so been like two minutes, right? <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh, we could go on and time. on. Come on, time. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I know, right? Um, so what type, like who is the ideal client to come work with you? Yeah, someone um, someone who is ready for both the, um, 
like the wonderful and good and comfortable feeling stuff because, because we all deserve that. But someone who also is not going to shy away from facing, like taking a, a look in the mirror and seeing like, oh, right, this is something that does not work for me. And I've been resisting, um, you know, moving in the other direction because it's what I've always done. Um, so someone who is willing to think a little bit critically about, about themselves and about their process and, um, and who, who's up for um, getting into like self mastery and self exploration. So I think maybe, maybe I want to walk back the idea of self-criticism and I wanna say just self-examination. Um, and, and part of my job as I see it is to create a soft landing for people who are doing that deep work and to support them and to, um, to answer what questions I can always kind of bringing it back to the, to the techniques and to the principles, and then sharing my own, you know, information about my own journey or stories about my own experience, just to remind them that they're not alone. Like we're, we're all doing this together. Um, and, and that the more, the more we can take an honest look at where we're at, the more integrity we'll have. So I kind of see um, developing self-awareness and um, using meditation, for example, to bring about more calm as a, as a means to the end of having more integrity with ourselves, which, which in my mind is that, that integrity is about being in better alignment with the core of who we are, whatever that may be. And that's, that's part of the exciting uncertainty of the journey is that it might, the person that we start to uncover might look a lot like what, who we've always been, but that person might look really different depending on how many layers of, um, again, like the, you know, the expectations of society or family. Um, it's not, un, it's not comfortable to unplug from those, from those connections, even if, they don't feel good. We're still untethering ourselves, or ourselves from things that um, have held us in place, or maybe even propped us up for a long time. So, I'm asking people really to um, to trust a process that has been in place for thousands of years, and to trust me as someone who's you know doing my best to faithfully represent those concepts, and and to um, yeah, kind of take a leap of faith. But I also have, you know, I also have people who see me for, um, for Reiki and for sound healing, and we can be kind of at, we can go as deep or be as casual about certain things as I think, you know, some people just want to relax. And I still see that as very valuable because we are, um, we're de-stressing our bodies and the more de-stressed that we feel, the more space we have for exploring deeper concepts. So it's all, it's all valuable. And, and I would never, I would never not work with someone because they didn't want to like immediately dive in to, um, to the deeper stuff. It's a process. And there are people who will, um, who I'll see and then not see again for a couple of years. And then it's like, 
they have done some exploring in the meantime. They're like, all right, now I'm ready to get started. I'm like, you're right on time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything you just said is kind of like you help people connect more deeply with their authentic and higher selves and kind of help people like peel back these layers that they didn't know that perhaps they were, they, they had on them or, you know, it's like getting closer to, to oneself. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of intimacy with the self is, is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for anybody who is getting that little sort of, I don't know what it's called right now. The word is like slipping my mind, but just like if, if something is resonating with what Aaron is saying, like reach out to Aaron, um, you had said that you were going to, um, offline before we start talking, Mm -hmm. um, for those who are listening to this and if you're feeling drawn to work with Aaron, she is willing to offer 20% off, uh, remote or in-person healings, um, for anyone who mentions this podcast. So email Aaron. Um, I will be sure to put her email in the show notes of it. And um, what is the best way other than email for people to get a hold of you? you I would say, yeah, through the website um, or Instagram is another good way to find me. I am sort of on Facebook, but rarely go there. (laughs) Uh, But Instagram is a good way of reaching me. And it's at uh, the gold runner or gold runner? Correct. Yep. At the gold runner. At mm-hmm. the gold runner. Okay. I'll put all of the links below. Yeah. Um, so everybody please reach out to Aaron. And before we go, I always have like, I, I try to always, if I remember or not, and I have remembered today. Um, <laughs> one last question that I yeah. ask, I try to ask everyone is if you could give your younger self advice from this mm-hmm. point that you're at in your life, what mm-hmm. would you tell her? I would tell her that I, that she doesn't need permission from anyone to um, listen to her heart and to trust that there is more, um, that magic is real. I guess that's what I would say. Trust that magic is real. Mm, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I think I'm going to have to have you back because <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> like I there's so that. much more. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Um, and it's wonderful to, to chat with you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this little chat with Aaron as much as I did. I know I got so much value out of this. She is just so magical. And I love how she's so grounded in her approach to magic and what she shares and how she helps people. And so if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it, um, subscribe, download. And I would also love for you to leave a review below that always helps. And if you are interested in diving into your own personal dream language, make sure you grab my free dream recall and interpretation guide. It is at hollyemerson.com slash dream guide. The link is of course in the show notes below. So thank you again for joining and wishing you a beautiful day. 